Our scripture reading this morning um, comes from Psalm 20, the 23rd Psalm, and it is found on page 458 in your pew Bible. And if you do not have a Bible, we would love for you to take um, the one that we have here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Dakota Dietz. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Community. Great. And yeah, so all the kids here in the room and everyone who is a kid at heart, I hope that you had a wonderful, joy-filled time yesterday celebrating Jesus' birth, uh, partying on his birthday. Um, So uh, for all the parents and adults here, sorry, everyone. Okay. Uh, Parents and adults here, Uh, Jesus said that unless we become like children, we won't get to be in his kingdom, right? So kids, I'm going to be talking to you a lot today. So I have a question for you. Kids, when Jesus was born, who came to Jesus' first birthday party? Who came to party with Jesus when he was born? You just shout it out. Who Who were the people who were there? You guys remember from the, from the video? There were some wise guys, right? Were there any animals there? Yeah? What kind of animals? There were some sheep? Yeah. Cows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all kinds of farm animals. And there were shepherds too, right? Yeah, the shepherds came from the fields. So, you know, my favorite major party people are the shepherds. I just think that it's amazing that the shepherds are there. Why? It's because they were so unpopular back then. People thought that they were weird and different. They, um, like they didn't belong in normal human towns because they spent all their time out in the wilderness hanging out with these stinky animals. And yet it's God who sends his angels to them to tell them the good news about Jesus being born. They get to be the first ones. They get to be the first ones to see Jesus, the baby-born king. Now, kids, look at this picture we're going to have on the screen. It's a picture of the manger. How many shepherds do you see? In this picture? Three. three. Yeah, exactly. Joseph's not there, and then there's Mary, and then there's three. Now look a little closer. It's kind of a trick question. 
It's not like a where's Waldo situation. There's not like another shepherd hiding off in the corner. Look, look right there in the middle. Right there, do you see him? It's Jesus, right? He is the real shepherd in this picture. He is the real shepherd in the manger scene, and he's the real shepherd that we need. The baby-born king, Jesus, is going to grow up to later call himself the good shepherd in John chapter 10. And as far as we know, Jesus never actually took care of any literal sheep walking them around. So when he's talking about shepherding sheep, he's actually, the sheep he's talking about are us. We're the sheep. We're his sheep. And he is our shepherd. That's actually one of God's names, shepherd. So this Advent, we've been talking about different names for God. They're sort of like nicknames. They're some of the things that he's known for. And today, we are going to end our series with this one, the Lord my shepherd. The God of the Bible and Jesus himself is our shepherd. So if you take away one thing today, I hope it's this, that our God wants to shepherd you. Our God wants to shepherd you. So let's pray, and then we'll, we'll jump into it, okay? God, thank you for being with us. God, thank you for being our shepherd, for coming to us, and for being with us this morning by your Spirit. Just pray that you would help us to hear you, and to learn from you, and to worship you today. God, we love you. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So, maybe you're thinking, why do I need a shepherd? I'm doing fine on my own. Sure, look at, look at all those other sheep out there. I'm no sheep. Or maybe you're on the other side and you're thinking, yes, please, this is what I need. I want a shepherd. Either way, if you're desperate or you're resistant, if you're confused about being a sheep, or if you love the idea, either way, our God wants to shepherd you. But what does that even mean? To, to better understand this metaphor, we need to go, go way back, 3,000 years back, 1,000 years before even the good shepherd Jesus was born. We're going back to one of the most beloved, well-known parts of the Bible. We read it earlier, Psalm, Psalm 23. So go ahead and turn there now if you haven't, and we'll walk through it together. So what does this start out saying? It says, the Lord, my shepherd. Right? It's not even a shepherd or the shepherd or even our shepherd. It's my shepherd. This is one of the most intimate and personal psalms in the whole Bible. And this should just jump out at us like crazy. Because in our kind of individualist culture, we naturally, we read the Bible putting me or I into it. But in this collective we culture of ancient Israel, the psalmist boldly talks about this deeply personal relationship with God. My shepherd, he says. So this means the psalmist thinks of himself as a sheep. Now, how many of us here are shepherds? Like, have actual sheep in a field, walking around with a little cave that we lead them to, to rest? None of us, right? 
So in our modern world, with cars and Aldis and Targets, we usually only think about like cuddly sheep, right? Like this one. If we're sheep, we think we're like this cute little guy, right? Wouldn't be so bad to be one of those? He's so lovable and fluffy. I want to be friends with him. But if you're an actual shepherd, again, none of us are, you think about sheep totally differently. King David is the one who wrote the psalm, and he was a real-life shepherd before he was king. So David knew real sheep are actually like the one that we're going to see here in this video. The more I watch that video, the more I laugh. But then the more I laugh, the laughing starts to change. At first it's like, ha, wow, look at that guy. And then I, it changes. It starts to feel a little bit uncomfortable. I laugh, but then I think, wait, that's me. I've done that. I do that all the time. Maybe I don't actually jump into a hole but jump into some mistake after just getting pulled out of a different one or falling back into the same sin pattern again. Yeah, that feels uncomfortable. I'm just like that sheep. And we all are. That's why we need our good shepherd so badly. Whether we believe it or not, we're like that sheep. We're stuck in a ditch, dependent and helpless. We need to be found and rescued. We need a shepherd. So when we read Psalm 23, we can actually walk through it like we are a sheep being led by the good shepherd, because that's what we are. So what is it like when God is our shepherd? Next thing it says is, I shall not want. This is a picture of complete provision, so, so cared for that the sheep don't even know what they don't have. They already have it. They're content. They're at peace. And it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Your sheep won't even lie down until that they've eaten enough to be full. And then He leads me beside still waters. Sheep won't drink running water, and so shepherds would often dam up the stream to make the water calm for them to drink. What this is not a picture of is the sheep having everything that they want. This isn't an all-you-can-eat of lush green grass until the sheep get all huge and they can't walk around and they lie down and until their legs can't, uh, until their legs can hold them up again. No, God being a shepherd doesn't mean that we get everything we want. It means that we will not lack what we need. We're filled and satisfied with what we have. That's what sheep do. When they have a good shepherd, they've got food, they've got water, they're good. And this can be true for us too. We can be content when the good shepherd is taking care of us. When I get anxious, it usually leads me to fantasize about the future. I get scared about this day in front of me. 
So I imagine I can control every other, every other days that aren't here yet, right? I imagine the path in front of me, and I try to manufacture every big decision that I can think of. And, and what does it do for me? Yeah, right? It makes me even more anxious. So a practice that God has taught me to do in times like this is to, in my mind, to look down. Not look out at the future, but to look down at my feet. And then what do I find when I look down? I have sheep feet, like actual hooves. In my mind, I'm walking down a rocky path, and I can see my shepherd's feet besides me with his sandals and his staff crunching in the ground. I know it sounds weird, but it helps. I breathe more easily. I don't need to lead myself to these green pastures or still waters. I have him with me, and that is enough. So far, we've seen that, that the Lord, my shepherd, takes care of me. Right? He meets my needs. And then as we journey through Psalm 23, we see that God also guides our path in front of us. It says, he restores my soul. In Hebrew, this is literally, he brings me back. Our good shepherd brings us back home when we stray, no matter how far we've gone. This is a shepherd leaving the 99 and going after the one. Isn't it amazing that our God wants us so much that he comes to find us? He leads me in paths of righteousness. Our shepherd finds us and he puts us back on the right path. He brings us to himself, which means he brings us to walk in his way, the way that's best for us, even if we can't see it ourselves. God's a really patient teacher. And so he leads us towards everything that is good and beautiful and true. No matter what bad stuff we've gotten ourselves into, this is really good news for sheep, right? They get pulled out of the hole. It's also good news to keep in mind when we get to the next verse. It can't be disconnected. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what happens when the right path leads right through this dark valley? What then? When my son wakes up in the middle of the night from a bad dream, all he needs to calm down is me sitting down with him, reminding him, I'm here, buddy. I'm here. You're safe. Kids, when you're feeling scared, what helps you feel better? It's mommy and daddy, right? Mommy and daddy are the best. Friends, this is how God made all of us. Not just our kiddos. When God is our shepherd, when he's the one who leads us and guides us, when he's with us on every path that we walk, no matter how dark and scary, we are safe. The God of the universe holds every one of his lambs in his arms. He says, I'm here, beloved. I'm here. You're safe. I will fear no evil, 
Why? For you are with me. Hebrew scholars say this verse is the exact center of the psalm. In English speaking and writing, we usually put the most important thing first, where the focus is, right? But in Hebrew poetry, especially with how this song is structured, the center is the most important. For you are with me. This is the focus. This is the whole point of God revealing himself as our shepherd. In our darkest, our hardest moments, when we're most likely to run away, to hide away in shame, to tell ourselves that we're no good, that is the exact place where God meets us. We can run and hide. We can show him all of our scariest, messiest parts, but the shepherd will never run from us. He always runs towards us. He always stays. Psychiatrist Kurt Thompson, he talks about how our shame gets healed. What we need is someone who, when, when we tell them our deepest, our dirtiest, most shameful secrets, they don't run away. They stay in the room. They don't leave. God stays. God never leaves. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. These are the shepherd's tools. They're tools of protection for, for warding off enemies. They're tools of, of teaching, right, of training. They're, they're leading us when we take a wayward step. This is why we have comfort. We're surrounded by love, a love that's stronger than death. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Here the metaphor changes a little. It, it goes from our shepherd's care for us out in the wilderness to his care for us by hosting a party at his house. Right? Our shepherd is taking us on a journey inward, more and more personal and intimate, and overflowing with his good gifts. From the field to the table, the whole way, God is with us. And here's the end of it. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's amazing. And actually, the Hebrew is even stronger. Goodness doesn't just follow me. It chases after me. It pursues me. The good shepherd will not stop until his goodness catches me. I just love how the message version portrays it. Your beauty and love chase after me all the days of my life. This is the shepherd's task. This is what God is committed to. So if this is who God is and what he wants for us, then now what? Do we need to do anything? Rather than something to do, all we need is to be. To be shepherded. To be shepherded in the crazy messiness of life. How can we do that? How can we be shepherded by the good shepherd? Number one is admit you're a sheep. Yes, you are. We all are. From the littlest kid of us to the, the most eldest of us, we're all sheep. Number two, notice what leads you astray. Be curious. What voices are loudest when you're at your lowest? 
And listen for his voice. That's number three. Listen for his voice. The way to fullness of life is through the good shepherd. Jesus says in John chapter 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is why Jesus came that first Christmas, to live this dirty, smelly, sometimes scary human life with us, and then to give his own life for us, to die for us, and then to give us his goodness as a gift, this gift of a new life with him. So today, as we respond to the earth-shaking news of Christmas this year, remember Psalm 23. Remember that Jesus is the good shepherd. Remember that Jesus died for you. That he rose from the dead three days later and that Jesus lives even now in heaven at the right hand of the Father reigning in power and peace to do good to you all the days of your life, leading you by his Holy Spirit even as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So on that first Christmas day, the shepherds came to see the king. And the king would grow up to be the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Beloved, let him shepherd you. He is with you always. Okay, let's pray and then we'll do communion and finish up. God, thank you so much for your gracious love for us. God, that you're with us. God, thank you for being with, with each and every one of us. Uh, the kids in this room, God, thank you for the parents uh, and their care for their kiddos. Um, thank you that we can be together this Sunday. Um, help us to worship you, um, to follow you as our shepherd, and to trust in your care for us no matter what we're going through. God, thank you for being with us. Thank you that you showed us that you're with us through Christmas. God, we love you. pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.